1: listeners and welcome to this world game changes podcast episode um this 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 one today this episode today is something very close to my own heart um, as as indeed they all are all aspects of life but this one in particular because it relates to uh well i'm not going to tell you what it relates to at this early stage but i'm going to give you a title a title that the four of us have agreed on and i say the four of us so we'll do the introductions in a moment um, but we're, we're talking about giving youth a sporting chance in life. And so apart from myself, the, th- the three people that are going to help with this, uh, shaping this discussion, two gentlemen from St. Louis in United States of America by the name of Joe Howe. So, Joe, a very, very warm welcome to you, sir. Thank you. Glad to be and here. also Tom Mitchler. Tom, very warm welcome to you as well. Thank you, Paul. It's nice to be here and you're probably not going to be surprised at this name that rolls off the tom next listeners because you've heard it so many times before rebecca wheel a fellow world game changes director um, and a lady that gives a different perspective on things so i know we're in for a fascinating conversation so let's let's start gentlemen if we may around this why is it important I and mean, this might sound a really ridiculous question but why is it so important to give youth a sporting chance in life?
2: I'll go first because uh, th- just the multitude of benefits that a child can gain from that experience. The socialization, the feeling of being like they, they belong, which I think is so important for our program. Uh, the activity, obviously, itself. But also for Joe and I, the experience, at least in St. Louis, of once you, once you become a part of the St. Louis soccer community, you're a part of it forever. And it's a wonderful experience, community, really. And we saw a gap, you know, with the, the, the program really that's in place now or the model, I should say, that's in place now as far as pay to play. We saw a lot of children that just wouldn't get that opportunity, and, and we knew what the game had done for us. So because really just of that passion, we really wanted to fill that gap.
1: Mm. Okay. Well, thanks for setting the scene on that, Tom. Joe, maybe this is a good opportunity, what Tom referred to as the program. Do you want to give us an insight on what that actual program is? Because obviously we've, we've spoken about sport, but this is quite specific, isn't it, in, 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 in more ways than one.
3: Yeah, we do it. It's it's soccer, you know. But but what we're saying is is let the game be the teacher, and the game being the teacher, not only not only for soccer but also for life. You know, you we try to have these kids take care of their own conflicts. You know, um, maybe set goals and achieve them. Um, and and the great thing about sport, it, it's the great equalizer. You know. Um, Uh, rich or poor if you can play you can play you know wherever you're from it doesn't matter you know and that's that's the great thing about it um and also there's there's just so much that you can learn from sports and i think you know what tom talked about too was giving these kids a chance i mean with tom and i we were lucky enough to get soccer scholarships and a number of you know our friends and teammates did the same, and and without that, they might not have, might not have gone to college, and so their life is much better for having played the game.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and you know, sport is, as we know, irrespective of what the particular discipline is, whether it's cricket, boxing, rugby, tennis, whatever. Um, it just it really is a great, and I love that term you've used there, Joe. A great equalizer. You know, my mind goes back and obviously us three are of a certain generation where, you know, uh, you know, particularly in the world of football, I think this modern day, this word legend is thrown around like confetti. But I think it's fair to say that, you know, um, and I can only speak about myself, but I know, Joe, from the the conversation that we had or one of the threads of conversations we had when I was in St. Louis recently, you know, when we speak about legendary, legendary players like Pele, George Best, Eusebio, Bobby Moore. You know, the list goes on and on and on. Um, you know, these were inspirational figures, certainly in our generation. And I think, you know, whatever personal views we might have about modern day football, you know, the beautiful game, as, as we call it uh, in, in, in England, um, has, you know, in terms of its appeal to young people, still remained a beautiful game, despite money actually dominating at a, at a high professional level. You know, I, I witnessed, Joe, as you know, you know, the, the delight and the fun that we had recently on uh, the kids, you know, just kicking a ball about. And I love that Brazilian philosophy of let the ears ball, let the children play. And I saw that with what you guys were doing, you know, with Pat and Brian. You know, I just take my hat off to to what you guys are doing. And it's like there there absolutely needs to be more of it in the world. Rebecca, I want to invite you in. Any thoughts around this because um just to set the scene on this, listeners, I mean, Rebecca's been to a uh, to three, I think it's three foot professional games. And um well I'm gonna I'm not I'm not gonna speak for her. So just tell us about your experience of football um as a young woman and, and what it means to you or what it doesn't mean to you.
0: <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah. Um well I mean, you know, growing up, um, football kind of wasn't really in my in the forefront of kind of my life, really, uh, kind of in the background, you know, my, my dad was into football and still is into football, uh, sports Brighton, uh, in England, and um, you know, so it, it's always been there, um, but as I've grown up, I have kind of noticed and become more aware of, uh, you know, how it really brings people together, and you mentioned community, um, Tom, and you know, how. Um, it can really make uh, a, an impact in people's lives. I've seen the impact actually in in people and kind of how passionate and how uh, how much it's moved them, in you know, in, and how their relationship with, with football is so important in their life. So I can kind of relate to that, you know, even though I can't pers- necessarily relate to football itself, um, I can understand and, and appreciate that there is – uh, a game of life playing out there you know it's it's not just about kicking a ball in the net you know it's there's so much more to it and it's um really uh giving people something to believe in and giving people an outlet um you know I, i'm very into uh to health and to sport and to, um, fitness and I love the gym i love dancing um I've, I've grown up kind of doing various sports really so um so yeah it's been interesting how how in my life uh I've especially in adulthood I've, I've started to become far more aware of like um how important it is in people's lives and how much it means to people um and you know going to the games um it was interesting because you know I, I kind of I, I don't follow it per se I can kind of you know I'm watching it and Kicking the ball around, and I'm, I kind of, you know, it, that's kind of secondary, really. The main thing is like the atmosphere, you know, the people, the, um, the, you know, the electric kind of energy, and um, and people kind of coming together, and, um, so um, yeah, I mean, it's it's been fascinating to 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 be there and watching the games, and um, you know, even though I'm not necessarily following it. I can really appreciate um, and see how invested people are and how moved people are by it.
2: Okay, Mm -hmm. Rebecca, I have a question for you. So for our listeners, this is Tom talking. Do you have – I think Paul said you've seen three matches. When we talk about the beautiful game, do you have any sense of that as far as what we're talking about? Because I really appreciate your perspective here Joe and I have talked about this in the past. Again, we've said that it's the non-soccer person that will really drive us forward because we want that community aspect. We want that sense of belonging. Mm -hmm. But for us, I think we see the beauty in the game probably in more ways than one. Mm -hmm. Paul mentioned the Brazilian approach, you know, watching the Brazilians play, maybe not so much these days, but back in the day for Joe and I, Oh, my yeah. gosh, the flair, yeah. the beauty mm-hmm. on the field. So, Rebecca, when we talk about the beautiful game, what does that mean to you? Or is that, like, kind of lost on you? Help me out. What does it look like from your perspective?
1: <laughs> no pressure.
0: Well, I mean, I guess there's I guess there's the beautiful game of football itself, the skill, the technique, the different players, and, you know, the dynamics, the teams. Um, but then there's also... Uh, I don't know. I, I guess I'm looking at it as there's also the different, the the, um, the beautiful game in the sense that it translates to to life as well. You know what you would learn within a team dynamic and doesn't necessarily just uh, kind of exist in the realm of football. It, that can it's about people ultimately. It's about people. Um, so. I can't I can't quite identify with um, like looking at kind of the players and the skills per se. I mean, maybe in a different way, I can um, like thinking of other sports that I, I, I think when you when you do a sport, like when you play a sport then you can you can see it more when you're watching it you can kind of relate to what's happening a little bit more so maybe maybe if I played and I have actually played a little bit I'm not not Mm -hmm. loads I've kicked a little bit of a ball around and you know when I went traveling just playing football on the beach and that kind of thing and you know what I noticed um what I noticed with that is that People would come and join us and it didn't matter what well, country well, we were in. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't matter what country, what age, it would be children, it would be adults, yeah. it would be, you know, all sorts of people. And immediately, even if there was a language barrier, they would communicate with us and we would be able to have a conversation, um, you know, around football. And so there was this commonality. Uh, that it just United people throughout the country sure. throughout the world sorry you know um sure. so, so so just bringing it back to kind of the beautiful game um yeah I, I think there's parts of it I can relate to and uh and mm-hmm. parts of it that um maybe I quite don't I don't get or <laughs> um, sure. but I think I think the hope you know the hope um kind of, that it brings people um and the the community um is sure you know is incredible. thanks for letting
2: me put you on the spot even though you didn't have a choice
0: <laughs> <laughs> no worries I like the challenge
2: <laughs> there was one other thing I wanted to add because I think for going just sticking with that phrase for a minute you know when you play the game on the field Joe and I have played on teams where there was a lot of talent but it didn't always work when it works when there's an orchestration, and you have that experience, and you have a success, that's a very powerful experience. Um, And you talk about an experience of belonging, then, you know, that's just something that grounds in you. And when you see those guys years later, that's alive and well in you. So that's what we're looking to provide, also, via the field, so to speak, is that that sense of belonging while playing a sport and having fun, also, and we're a recreational program you know we're just open to all kids we just want you to to try to come out and kick the ball with us arts you know blue skies green grass you know beyond that let's just have some fun so I just wanted to add that part about the orchestration and everything coming together that mm. really provides or gives you that experience of belonging so yeah. that's the power of sport also in what we're trying to do
3: yeah yeah and Rebecca's that you touched on was was the atmosphere and and that's what Tom and I always pick up on too because we do a, a Saturday morning training session and the kids come out and a lot of these are um, immigrant families so some of them are you know new to the United States and it gives them it gives them a sense of belonging and mm-hmm. I and 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 there are other kids who come out and and they're you know from St. Louis, I grew up here and their parents did too, you know. And they and um they just all get along, and it's yeah. it is really electric sometimes, you know, because a lot of times Tom and I will go, Boy, you know, that was that was just really a great atmosphere today out there, you know.
0: Awesome,
1: yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. You see, gentlemen, Rebecca's even starting to sound like an American now, awesome, <laughs> she is
0: awesome. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Blimey, if, if she's like this now on 20 minutes of a podcast, what's she going to be like? Well, I was going to say, give us another Lewis. podcast, Paul. We'll have her yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. St. Louis, look out. Yeah, here
0: we go. There yeah. you go. <laughs> yeah.
1: I want to introduce, this is kind of just taking it away, a little bit away from the focus of young people. Um, but, you know, terminology um, that we use in the beautiful game, fine margins, and creativity, so I just want to play with this, because isn't it true gentlemen uh, and lady that small changes in our lives can make so much difference. you know, taking a shot on goal, achieve you know aiming, aiming for a goal, you know it's gone half an inch wide of the post. well it may as well have been 20 foot wide if it was half an inch. but those fine margins and then creativity and how we can switch our lives around. You know from the beautiful game how do we play it what's the parallel what's the philosophy of the beautiful game and I've seen this in action Joe with you um, and your two brothers you know the way that you know the energy and the respect that you give the kids and that's reciprocated but I just want to kind of be a little bit creative with a fine margin and if I can Joe I want to take your surname Al H-O-W-E and just offer one slight fine marginal change And exchange the W for a P. That's one small change. And all of a sudden, you become Joe Hope. Because that's (laughs) what you're giving these kids. Mm. You're giving them hope. Any thoughts on that attempt at humor, gentlemen?
2: Well, (laughs) oh that's that'll stick from now on.
0: (laughs) That's the nickname.
2: (laughs) That's for sure. It'll be on the website today. (laughs) But I love have, it myself. I'm going to speak up because he's too humble. But, Paul, I'm I'm so happy that you had a chance to see this in action mm-hmm. because we can say, you know, we're teaching kids soccer. Well, you know, there's a lot of groups that are doing that. Mm-hmm. That's not the important thing. It's how we go about it and yeah. what we're emphasizing in the setting. So my background is I'm a mental health professional and more and more we pay attention to the environment. You know, a child's growing up in the nature versus nurture argument is really kind of mm-hmm. moved into environment versus genetics. So our intention is to, to create a particular environment intentionally that is inclusive, safe and fun. So Joe does that naturally, just the way he connects with the kids. Right away, they feel safe.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, the, the margin of error there, Paul. One of the things that we've seen will be kids that will come up to us and tell us they scored a goal. You know, they hadn't had a chance to play much before or they played. It was never successful. We build our goals purposely wider to promote scoring. When a child has the experience of scoring a goal and they're telling us about it, you see it in their eyes. And then from then on, you see that child forthcoming more. They're more assertive now. Mm-hmm. Both in the play and with other kids around them, too. So that's a big piece of the atmosphere, and that's what Joe's creating, yeah, non non-verbal, verbally, non verbally, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Despite you, you, uti- uh, utility, your yeah, well, utility actually is the right word, but your humility, Joe, or should I say, Mr. Hope? Um, <laughs> have, you got any, have you got anything to add to what Tom's just said?
3: No, I think that's that's it, you yeah, know. I mean, you just what he talks about when you, cause I remember saying to Tom one time, I was teaching a kid, maybe just to pass the ball or pull it, pull it across his body or something like that, or, or some kind of dribbling move. And the kid really got it. And you saw the lights go on, you know, how excited he was about it. And, you know, Tom had been doing it for years before me. And he said, yeah, that's, you know, there's not nothing beats that. You know, when you teach a young kid to, to do a new skill, and, and you see the lights go on with them. That's, that's the greatest thing ever. Yeah. You know, that, that makes it all worth it.
1: Yeah. And and from a personal point of view, what really lit me up. So, you know, we was playing this 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 game and, you know, I was on the side of the bibs and, you know, um, we was robbed, listeners, by the way. We was robbed. But uh, the officiator, Mr. Hope, he was having none Joe of it. Joe <laughs> he, he was having none of it. Um, and and it's not that I haven't got over it, Joe. It's not that I hold a grudge. <laughs> um, it's no, good
3: testing all the time. I, <laughs> I, them, boy, down. I,
1: I can remember one of you know one of the well you know one of the young lads. Um, um, you know when he scored a goal, and I know his name, but I don't know if it's you know PC for us to you know start using kids' names. So I'll keep it neutral. You, you know who the the guy is. Oh, like, I think it, yeah, yeah. His name I mean, begins. A little his, dance after he
3: scores. Yeah, his yeah. his name
1: begins with L. Um, yeah. And saying, man, you said all
3: the Englishmen are bald. Yeah, well, no. Yeah,
1: <laughs> so... he, yeah. He said to me, listeners. He said, "You're not an Englishman." And I said, "How's that then?" He said, "Because all Englishmen are bald." And I was wearing a, a benny hat, so I took my benny hat off, and I just literally <laughs> two days before had my head shaved, so I was bald as a goop. Oh and gosh, uh that's great. And uh, yeah, and he said, "Well, you're still, you're still not an Englishman. So what are you then? It's French? You're French. So I started rambling on in French, but it, French, um, yeah. <laughs> I think that in some respects, you know, that humour kind of built a little bit of a bridge because every time our team scored, and we scored some great goals, by the way, listen <laughs> some great goals. I just hope the scouts were there. Um, but I, I started doing handstands. I started doing handstands. And what was interesting is a couple of the kids, particularly this one that we're talking about, he started doing handstands. That's right. And and this is the influence that we have on these young lives, isn't it?
2: Well, that's it right there, Paul. So just for our listeners to kind of set the scene, what Joe does in the spring is we have a field. We're fortunate enough to have the use of a field. So we'll have coaches at the field and any kids that want to show up, we'll teach them the basic skills, foot skills, uh, and then we'll play small-sided games. But, you know, we've had times where we've had upwards 60 to 70 kids on the field of all ages, and you might have 10 to 12 coaches interspersed within the group. And as Joe's, you know, leading the instruction on a drill and the kids are all trying to do the drill – you're watching these one to one connections take place between the adult and the child and they might even stop playing completely and just stand there and talk that's the meaningful connection yeah that's the power of it right there so that you had that experience and now the child's repeating it that's a connection you know that's the the mission within the mission so to speak that's the real deal right there
1: mm. yeah Rebecca any thoughts on what you've heard so far
0: I mean, fascinating, you know, and um, it's so important for these kids, you know, providing that space for them and that place for uh, connection and and you know, it really is shaping their lives um, um, and um, offering them, you know, that that environment in which they can feel like, as you said, feel like they belong. So mm. yeah, it's, it's incredible, you know, absolutely incredible.
1: I want to switch over, gentlemen, if I may.
0: Um, And I want to be a little
1: bit sort of go into my childhood here. I was football crazy because there was so much darkness and desperation that was prevailing in my world. My one great hope was one day that I would wear with with pride the red shirt of Nottingham Forest Football Club. That literally, and I mean literally, kept me alive, Uh, that hope. Uh, that, wow. I, you know, now I had a trial wow. for Forrest when I was 14, be- yeah, 14, barely 14. And I was actually drinking. I'd got an alcohol addiction at that age. So I was not, you know, um, the reality is I wasn't good enough. And as much as I try and masquerade it with the story because I was drinking, uh, which didn't help. But the point I'm trying to make here and the question where I want to tap into you guys as expertise uh, and wisdom of, and experience is when you see a young child um, on the pitch can you tell intuitively that you know because that that child has has challenges off the field because for me when I was playing football because of what was going off in my world I was an extremely dirty and cynical player now that's not who I am energetically and that's never who I was but my world had been distorted so much that I hated I hated men particularly, and that was influenced by my upbringing. So when I got on a football field, and obviously I come from a generation where girls' football was not even considered. It was, it, you know, it was boys, and you took no prisoners. Um, and particularly, my, you know, I can remember having a fight with my captain because he lost the toss. He lost the <laughs> toss. That's oh. how. Yeah, I mean, that's how you know my how crazy my head was at the time. Yeah um so my question gentlemen is is when you you know you look at the energy and feel the energy of a a youngster on the pitch can you tell that he or she might have sort of challenges off the field that actually do you know what this child's a really creative gifted goal getter but he or she's playing at the back and they're frightened to go forward and you know that kind of thing does that resonate with you at all
2: well, true to form, I'm gonna jump in first again here. Joe always has to wait, I'm always willing to talk. So again, my, my background is that of a mental health professional. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm gonna give myself a pass on this one and say that I might be able to pick up on some things just from experience of having worked in this field for 30 years that other mm-hmm. people who were working in other fields would not necessarily notice mm-hmm. that. Yeah, to answer your question, Paul, Yes, we would especially see it in after school programs. You know, so that was one of the other formats. So I, the first one I laid out was at our field on, on Saturday mornings. Uh, what, where we've also brought our program is to inner city after school programs where we could teach both soccer and life skills. Mm-hmm. And there, you know, you've got the kids contained. It's a little bit different to being outside on a field, the difference in the environments will bring about some differences too. And also we're going to their school where they've been all day. So they don't get a break from that. They come to us and some of those battles they've been fighting all day, maybe with their classmates might come into practice Mm -hmm. or we'll see a change in mood. Now a child's not as talkative. They're not as forthcoming. And Paul, you're using a very powerful word uh, energetically. You know, you can feel the difference. Mm -hmm. You know, and that the opposite, the other end of that for us is the intention of creating a space that energetically feels safe and inclusive. So we very much tap into that realm. So, yes, we do pay attention to that. And then we have the kind of coaches because our program attracts this type of person, such as Joe, that are going to make that the priority, not how well they're doing in the drills or the game. Now that'll become front and center. Because, again, working, especially in the areas that we go into, the thinking in my field is that now everybody carries some form of trauma. Mm -hmm. So Joe and I are growing up in backgrounds that are pretty predictable and safe. And stuff even happened to us that we'll still carry and we don't necessarily realize it. But we know for sure that, you know, some of the situations that the kids we're working with or trying to serve are coming from or a whole lot more acute. And constant and not just say a lot to deal with. So we know they cannot not bring that to the field Mm. at times. So that's really why we're there ultimately, to tell you the truth, Paul.
1: Yeah, absolutely get that. And that's why it's such a beautiful privilege um and i don't throw that word around lightly but it was absolutely and no apologies for repeating listeners but it was absolutely was an honor and a privilege to be part of it and and not only to be a part of it but to witness it you know to, to see this the delight and then and read the energy and feel the energy of these young kids just running around with this round thing called a ball and just kicking it and you know even despite even despite having goals ruled out or being you know when we lost and it's not that i'm a sore loser listeners i don't want you to get that impression that i'm a sore loser and i've got over it joe i've got over it even though it was <laughs> six weeks ago so. i think no <laughs> i'm scarred i'm scarred. <laughs> for life um <laughs> um jo- joking aside joe i mean have you got anything to add what tom said there about you know
3: Tom talked about and And, you know, since he is a professional and he does pick up on them more, but after coaching and stuff, you do pick up on that quite a bit. And you have to, you have to kind of mold your approach to that, to that individual. You know, you can't, you can't coach every kid the same. Some kids respond to, you know, um, if you challenge them, they, they like them. Some kids, not so much. they, Um, you know they're shy. They don't want to do anything. You get it. You kind of, kind of coax them into it. Some are uh, are gun ho right away, but you you have to you have to notice that. And what Tom says too. I mean, some of them have really quite a load they're carrying. So you really have to, you know, have to watch it and and really work with them. You know, and and be uh, conscientious of that what they're going through.
1: I think what, you know, as I reflect back on um, my you know, my, my time with football, either as a player, and I did end up working with professionals at Nottingham Forest, um, when I reflect back on it all, uh, and I've actually wrote about this in, in one of the books called Angels with Dirty Faces, but we talk about the beautiful game. Now, so far, gentlemen, we've spoke about the beautiful game in the context of football, but for me, there's a far bigger stage Called the world that we can play on. And there's a, a far bigger game. And that's notwithstanding that you know football has been very, very, very powerful and prevalent in my own world. But isn't there the beautiful game of life that we're involved with? And I think that the skills and the belief and the hope that you give those young kids equips them far better to go out there in the and play on the biggest stage in the world and become a far better player, ambassador, contributor, call it what you will, in the beautiful game of life. Any thoughts about that? This time, if I can start with Rebecca, because I know we've spoken about this kind of off air, you know, the the beautiful game Mm. of football, and I won't say versus, but, you know, in parallel with the beautiful game of life, how does that resonate with you? Can you see how one fits into the other?
0: For sure, yeah, because, you know, it's about people ultimately, isn't it? And, uh, and um, the the dynamics of the team and um, I guess all of the kind of strategies and um, the the ins and outs of the way that the game is uh, kind of plays out. Um, you can learn, I, I would imagine that can translate to, you know, to, to life in the sense that you can learn a lot from yourself through the game, and also learn a lot uh, about others as well, you know. And so I'm sure um, there there are many kind of parallels that, um, and you know, um, similarities for uh, the game of football and and the game of the game of life. Yeah, definitely.
1: Mm. Tom, Joe, any thoughts on that uh, that parallel? Joe. Um, I, I think what uh,
3: Rebecca said is so true is you find out more about others, you know, and that's what's, that's the greatest thing about what we do in New no Dimensions is you see these kids come from very different backgrounds, but they end up friends and also being on the same team together. And so they, and, and they learn about the other and that's widen their walk their world. You know, they know more now because of that. Mm. Mm.
2: I think if I could sum up the ultimate goal of the mission would be to help kids in their decision making. So that by the time because we're looking at how do we stay connected to kids once they hit the high school years, that's a challenge. But more and more, we're wanting to take a look at how we might be able to do that so we could end up with a program that can start with kids between the ages of two and five, dribbling a small soccer ball around the home all the way up through 18, and at the end of their time with us to be prepared for life, to be able to make decisions that they feel good about inside, Mm -hmm. which I think can stem from a sense of belonging and belief in yourself. So one thing kind of scaffolds on to the next. Mm. So, but ultimately that's what we, it would be much more satisfying to us to turn out kids that can make great decisions than a number of those kids that could do that than one really, really good soccer player.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, For Sure.
2: absolutely. Sure.
3: Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. Um, just going back to that little bit of create, well, I think I'd like to flatter myself and think it was a bit of creativity. But then again, when I was a player, I used to flatter myself that it was a defence-splitting <laughs> pass. Ninety-nine times <laughs> out of hundred, it wasn't. It come off the backside of a defender, and I just got lucky. Um, but you know what it's like, gentlemen? We've played the game and of we course. like to think we're the golden boys. Um, I was very quickly reminded on more than one occasion, I'm not a golden boy. But anyway, that's that's yeah. by the by. But just going back to that creativity um, and those fine margins, those those subtle changes that we can make, in, you know, a substitution at half time, how it can change the game. And, and Joe, we, you know, we kind of creatively, or I creatively played with the changing the H O W E to H O P E. And I want to do the same thing, if I may, with my own four-letter surname, Low, L-O-W-E, and just replace, like I did with your surname, Joe, one letter, and replace that W. Um, ironic that I replaced the W in your name. And now I'm you know, saying mm-hmm. four letters, but um, in fact, we've got the same name apart from one letter. Yours begins yeah. with H. Mine starts with an L. And the other three letters yes, are the same. Yeah. I'm rambling and this is going somewhere. <laughs> Please bear with me. Um, but to change that W for a V, mm-hmm. and that becomes mm-hmm. love. Because isn't what we're talking about here, gentlemen, ultimately about the love of humanity? Mm-hmm. You know, it, yes, Absolutely. it can it can produce or, it, you know, on the surface of it, it's, you know, it's a group of adults giving the Saturday mornings up or their time up whenever it is you know, uh, amongst, um, you know, a bunch of grateful kids and parents. But it's so much deeper than that, is it? It's that real emotional commitment, that emotional intelligence to say, I actually care about this planet. I care about these kids. And that comes from the heart, doesn't it?
2: It totally does. Paul, a few years ago, we had one of the universities involved with us, and I would go and talk with the students before they came to our program and I would tell them up front, this program is built on love. So I think that we're not afraid to say that. I mean, because that's it's passion, and we can say we have passion for the game. But you know, you obviously you run into a lot of obstacles when you want to try to work in in these areas. So there has to be something more than soccer, ultimately. Yeah. There really, really does that to keep you coming back. Otherwise, it'd be too easy to say. You know what? Somebody else can do this, or I'm going to go where it's easier to play soccer. So, uh, mm. for what it's worth,
1: yeah. Blessed beyond belief, blessed beyond belief. You know, let's put this as we start to kind of wind down. Now, the re- the metaphoric referee starting to put the whistle in the mouth to say, "Guys, start to get ready." You know, you can see the managers now making the subs ready. To waste time and you know, the strikers going over the other side of the pitch, a bit of professionalism coming into the game just to wind the clock down. And you can see how I'm rambling, gentlemen, just to wind the clock down. (laughs) And you know, the spectators and probably Rebecca's thinking, Paul, just shut up and get to it, just (laughs) shut up and get to it. Um, (laughs) um, But I want to talk about as we do kind of uh, wind down the clock in these last few minutes, gentlemen, around blessed beyond belief and what you know what your thoughts are around those three words blessed beyond belief and you can speak about that generally or you can speak about it in the context of everything that we've just spoken about the beautiful game be that life or football and i really want to home in on this this blessed beyond belief because i want to ask you right at the end a kind of real simple quick leave us with one takeaway any thoughts around those three words gentlemen blessed beyond belief.
2: I think the game has helped me appreciate that perspective because we learn, we're exposed or aware of the backgrounds that players, some of the best players in the world have come from, but locally knowing some of the backgrounds that the kids have come from and you never, ever realized it. We never realized what we had. It was always taken for granted. Mm. Learning what I took for granted to be able to embrace those words
1: now. Yeah. Yeah. Joe, any thoughts? Blessed beyond belief. I, I think the same
3: thing. I mean, you've seen... Other teammates who didn't have it as good as you or and you see some of these kids who don't have it as good as you and and you realize you are the best. And there's always gonna be somebody out there who's who is unfortunately worse off than you. And you have, well, you have uh, compassion.
2: And I'm gonna add something else because I'm finding myself coming back to that beyond belief, that something else is involved. You know, you believe that there is and and, and you hope that there is and And you can say it's love, but something else, even whatever drives that, there is Mm -hmm. something else. And you become aware of that. And that's what this puts you in touch with, I think. It's humbling also. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So before we come on to that last, uh, um, well, I'm not going to give it away what it is because I I want to kind of to to use... um, something you said earlier on uh, and this is not an equalizing tactic by the way Tom but when you said to Rebecca I'm sorry to have put you we didn't say sorry, but I'm, I'm you know, almost semi-apology I put you on the spot there well I want to put you two guys on the spot and this is not you know this is not an equalizing tactic but just hold that <laughs> thought Rebecca blessed beyond belief the beautiful game any kind of what you know s- start to sum this up for us now mm. what does it mean to you as a I'm going to use the inverted commas, non-football person.
0: Oh, um, you know, just even the gratitude of of being alive and having this beautiful gift of life, you know, and um, uh, yeah, blessed, uh, counting your blessings every day, and you know, things like football or whatever situation that you're in, whatever situation. Um, it can always teach us something and so um, you know counting those blessings and and as as you've both alluded to, you know being able to be in um, a position where or even just situation circumstances, recognizing um, you know that there's always going to be someone out there that's that's struggling or or um, you know that can really put things into perspective and there's always something to be grateful for um you know um so Mm. yeah that's my thoughts
1: thank you so coach mitchell i'm a young guy and i am a young guy and i'm coming Mm. to you and saying coach things are not going so well in my world just give me something just give me one simple thing to cling to give me something to cling to coach what would that what would you say to me as a you know, and every I know every situation's contextual Tom and it's got its own you know set of answers or potential answers but you know almost looking for a one-size fits all which you know just give me something to cling to one thing
2: your presence here makes a difference whether you realize it or not, your presence here makes a difference and it makes us better
1: yeah. Yeah, because if we want to put that in a football context, imagine going against the opposition of life if we haven't got a full squad of players. If we've only got 10 players, for example, instead of 11, because one of them, for whatever reason, decided not to be here anymore. So right. thank and, thank
2: And if all those players are playing as individuals, it doesn't work. Yeah. If they're present to each other also it works then as i said earlier we played on teams that had a lot of talent but they weren't players weren't present to each other so mm-hmm. present and presence in a couple of different ways here but that's uh i mean that's a very very true thing for us
1: yeah and i know that by saying to coach hope Instead of Coach Howe, that he's not going to pick me on Saturday. He's going to drop me for my (laughs) insolence. His lack of respect. He's going to say to me, You need to learn some respect. But I've committed myself now, I've committed myself to the tackle, so I'm not going to pull out. Coach ready.
3: ready.
1: (laughs) You know, what's the one thing, Joe, that you would say to me as a as a young as a young kid off the street, a young player, whatever the context, it's like coach. Give me something to cling to. Give me a message. Give me something.
3: I think if you're if you're willing to work, you'll you'll get through it. Yeah. Or you'll get back. If you're willing to work at it. Excellent.
1: Okay. And a non Rebecca, finally, to wrap up a non-football perspective on it.
0: In what way, sorry?
1: Well, the question is I'm coming to you, you know, you're a coach, I've come to you, and you can use this in the context of the game of the beautiful game of life or the beautiful game of football. But I'm coming to you as a young, as a young, as a youngster and saying, do you know what, just coach, give me something, please, Mm -hmm. please give me something to cling to. As Mm -hmm. a coach, what would your message to me be?
0: I would, um, I would tell that person that you matter. And um, I'm here for you and you are seen and you are loved and um, just kind of be there and just be with them in whatever they're feeling and and listen deeply and, you know, offer them just that space.
1: I don't think there's anywhere to go from there because the referee, I can see the crowd obeying for this, you know, this (laughs) whistle to be blown now. Um, any final thoughts gentlemen as, as we literally do I'm going to try and sort of stall and pinch a couple more minutes off the referee if I can as the team captain dear I say uh, I've never been a team captain by the way and, I, and looking back on my playing career I'm not surprised because I wouldn't have picked me as a captain but anyway that's by the by any final well, I wouldn't, thoughts
2: I wouldn't right? have wanted to go to the flip with you that's for sure
1: <laughs> I was. I was very hot-headed and young and foolish
2: <laughs> Joe thoughts
1: Go
3: ahead. Oh, I don't know. It's uh, you know, it's just great working with kids. You know, I think uh, you know they just they
1: teach you, you know, keep you humble. Yeah, that's that's a great that's a great one, Joe. They do indeed. So, final words to you, Tom, as we as we do wrap up because the ref is getting very irritated now.
2: It's not rocket science. Mm. It's not rocket science. It's just basic care for another person. That's all it is. Being present. Mm.
1: Yeah. Presence is a gift. Mm. Presence is Mm -hmm. a gift. And on that, um, happy satirical note, listeners, I hope you've enjoyed this game, um, certainly as much as I have. And... um, certainly uh, you find it useful you know th- there may just be one little thing in there that, that's been insightful that might give a you know a new dimension to your world and um yeah so reach out let us know let us know how it's been uh, what we need to improve in our tactics or my tactics as a you know as a as a manager Uh, and for all of us really because we're always looking to improve and as you can see I'm rambling because I'm really testing the referee's patience (laughs) and this is an habit that maybe a good coach can say Paul you seriously need to stop this and at that point they think it's all over, it is now and I just sign off the way I always do listeners by saying remember the game's changing how will you respond